July 13, 2022. It's the What the Pedro Show. That's surprising me. I had no idea that you ever worked with Hodgson. Yeah. Sure, man. I mean, that was a real guess for you, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, they had some true music, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Brown, I like him immensely, man. No, you have great trombonist, you know? Oh, MVP, yeah. Billy, not MVP. Emmett Berry, he impressed me, too. Johnny Hodges, uh, Bill Ackerman. And uh, Earl Bostick is kind of tremendous, too. I didn't appreciate guys, uh, uh, men like Earl and after I heard Charlie Clark, you know, because Charlie, you know, he swayed me so much, you know. But, uh, after I come out uh, from under the little bit, you know, after I'd been under the little bit, under his spell, then I could uh, kind of listen to other people too. You know, when I played with these, these men, like that's what I learned a lot from. Saturday, one right by my head so she pays me a call and she starts to fall I don't know how I can't take it all I can't go on I can't go on I can't go on I can't get no satisfaction I can't go on I can't go on I can't go on it's too much aggravation from Pedro Show. Happy squeaky Wednesday. Start off with John Coltrane talking to August Bloom in 1958 about people he played with. And then we had the Red Flags with Can't Go On. 
And it's my great honor to be a scout to have aboard Mr. Mike Leonard out of Minneapolis. Welcome aboard, Mike. Thanks for having me, Mike. Absolute, absolute. And uh, we first got to thank Howard for the connect. Right. And then big love to brother Greg Norton, who's got a big fight up ahead. The fucking big casino. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love the man. Uh, Mike, please bring your earliest musical recollection. All right, well... Um, you know, I, when I was about six or seven, I moved. So I have kind of like my memories are broken between before and after that. So, um, when I, so I, my earliest memories are kind of like early seventies, like seeing Ringo stars specials on TV and stuff like that. Watching the monkeys, listening to a lot of AM radio, uh, uh, the first really vivid memory that I have is I saw this show called The Roots of Rock and Roll, and uh, it was pretty visceral. I, I went out and bought my first record shortly after that, was Elvis Presley record. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I it kind of turned me on to you know Elvis and the Stones and. So your um, earliest recollection is watching music on television for music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I was a little me, kid. Let, yeah. yeah, let me ask you this. Remember, it's the Watt from Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> shows to go, you right. Uh, and where was when, this? You said you moved from where to where? Uh, St. Louis Park is where I grew up when I was a little kid and then moved to Edina when I was, I don't know, second grade, I think. Um, okay. So let me ask you this. The pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Uh, there was an old acoustic guitar. Um, and I had an older brother that was seven years older than me um and he he started playing drums in the school band um and then eventually you know had a drum set and stuff um so yeah i mean so i i actually got a lot of stuff from my older brother too i remember like hearing him playing like smoking in the boys room brownsville like. station yep ohio <laughs> Let me ask you this. Were you talking about school, grade school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? I was in the choir, I think, later in, in junior high for a couple of years. I tried drums in the school band, but that didn't really take. Um, that so, acoustic guitar in your pad, did you jump on that? Uh the guitar you know a little bit but i mean i remember like trying to like play like slide on it <laughs> a little i don't know i it late i, I later on in about sixth grade i i started taking uh some i wanted to get an electric guitar but um instead i ended up kind of having to start on acoustic guitar um how was the lesson experience uh, it was funny because it was at Schmidt Music, and they they enrolled me in like the group 
I don't know, acoustic lessons, and it was like sitting around in a circle strumming, you know, Scarborough Fair and stuff like that, with, uh, you know, learning the basic chords. Um, so it was, it, it, it taught me the basics, but I wasn't, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. So what about after school, not graduate, but in the afternoon? The basement band, the bedroom band, the garage band, did you do anything like that? Uh, yeah, in, 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 in junior high, I, I did, you know, I, by then I had gotten an electric guitar and, and started, uh, you know, jamming with, you know, friends from school and, um, we, we never really got a, a band to, to like play any, you know, school functions or anything. It was mostly just kind of jamming in the basement. Um, was it your basement? Uh, no, probably it's funny. The drummers, my, bro right? my, my older <laughs> my, <laughs> my older brother's band got to practice in the basement. That's why I thought a you few usually practice the the drummer's pad so you don't have to fucking take forever setting up and tearing down. Right. Yeah. Or maybe the parents uh, are more acclimated to the fucking bam bam. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And my brother was the drummer, so I guess maybe that's why they got to do it. At, at our house, and you never um, and you never played with your older brother. No, I, I I think I started playing guitar after he went to college. Um, I remember I remember his high school band um, played a party, dressed up as Kiss, and they were practicing in the basement, um, learning all these Kiss songs. And at the time, that was I was really into Kiss, so that was. Um, you know, pretty awesome for me. Um, and I can imagine seven years is quite a gap. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that that was how I kind of got to go to my first concert is I, you know, got my parents to let him take me to see Kiss. Your first gig uh, was Kiss? Yeah. My first gig with uh, it was with D. Boone. It was T-Rex. But oh. we, saw, we saw Kiss a bunch of times before they even had an album out. They'd open up for anybody. Oh, fact, cool. We only saw them once when they had... I remember when the first record came out, it seemed so slow to us because live they played much quicker than that. Uh, so this band with your buddies, you guys copying songs off records? Uh, a little bit. Are you um, writing your own stuff yet? Yeah, we were kind of trying to do, you know, make up our own stuff. Can you remember the um, first song you wrote? Let me think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first song that I wrote and we recorded on a four track, and I wrote lyrics for and did everything with. I think it was. I think it was called Disguise. <laughs> There's a Who song called Disguises, right? Well, yeah, it's got right. circles. I, it's got a couple different titles. Then was uh, some. It was Party or something. I think it's at the end of the show, Tamley period. Um, but this band never did a gig. Well, it eventually would become. Um, well, there were a couple of drummers in my neighborhood. So one, the I think the first drummer I played with never did, and then but the the one I was actually thinking of did ultimately. It became the Bleeding Hearts after several years and incarnations. Yeah. Okay, you remember the first Bleeding Hearts gig? I do. Yeah. It was at uh, Fernando's, 
which uh, is kind of, uh, uh, might still be there. It's on way down East Lake Street, um, near and close to Bloomington Avenue. Um, and it was kind of the, kind of the bar that would book, you know, any new band. Um, and, and it was, you know, pretty good actually. We, we, we got a lot, we got everyone we knew to come and it was actually a pretty good, pretty good first gig actually. You call it a success, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, they didn't throw shit. <laughs> so I've had plenty of them. <laughs> Just curious. Look. I do remember. I do remember though, because you know, it's, it's in a pretty rough neighborhood, and 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 after we had loaded our gear in, or around the time we were loading in, somebody ran in the front door and threw a gun behind the bar, and then ran out the back door. <laughs> Damn. God. So yeah. Okay. Get rid of that. Uh, well, we were undeterred, yeah. I want to play some more red flags that you sent me. Goodbye to youth. All right.
a writer, don't you know? Went to jail cause she would not sing. For Mickey Cohen, yeah, she took the swing. Ran through LA wearing not a thing. Starting desperate living. She was a blonde, a water blonde. To turn the world, let's get it on. What she could be, or not to be. She shook her
for Pedro show that chunk of music started with the red flags goodbye to youth goodbye to you pet benatar all right you Uh, actually isn't that scandal oh is it that (laughs) that, that lady married Richard Hill for a while oh really way back for a little bit Imbernon and Michael Vega with Social media hack your mind, but that's a difficult thing for you to comprehend. And Bob is printing brand new stuff from them. Absolute zero. Bob Pollard with the new... I'm very surprised he's got another record. It's every other month, right? Rudd Fins. Then Elvez, he was on last week's show. With the schizophrenics doing Liz Renee. Phil Venable. Paul Swess Duo. Violent Timber, Phil Venable uh, just released four uh, CDs of him on stand-up. Now it's Klein with Elliot Sharp, something live called Piet Travia. No, Piet Traviva. Asshole, what? Brand new from Lampredanto and Mark Stewart, pop group singer. 
Body Waste. Sam Lockwood uh, out of Iowa City, not too far from Minneapolis. But, uh, revenge. And then finally, the Red Flags. Rearview Mirror. Where, where is Red Flags in the timeline for Mike Leonard? Because uh, I had I, no idea, so I just put the uh, that group together, Bleeding Hearts, Red Flags, and Magnolias. You're right. Yeah, so the Red Flags have started around 2004, I think. So You'd know better than me, Mike. It was, a, it was a, that, sounds, that sounds like a long time ago, but yeah. It, was, it, it is! Was, Fucking 18 years. after. It was it's way drinking, after. drinking age, right? 18. <laughs> You're right. No, vote age, the... not drinking age. Vote age. 21. <laughs> Go ahead. It I'm was, sorry. It was a year after I saw you at the turf club. Ah, St. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, last time uh, I saw, I got to play Grand Hart was there. Because he was a St. Oh. Paul guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. For the pad burned down, Studebaker's. Oh, I miss Brother Grant. Uh, anyway, okay, so you saw me play there. What was it with? Missing Men? Uh, the Second Men. Second Men, okay, okay. Yeah, and you signed, you signed a poster uh, for me. Oh, so this was way... Okay, okay. Yeah, that's when I was doing the second opera, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, Okay, but, but let's back up. Let's back up because we got to still... Th this band that, that, that played that gig... Uh, what the was Bleeding Hearts. Bleeding Hearts. Bleeding Hearts. Okay. So, Bleeding Hearts, after that gig, uh, you, you guys start playing a lot, right? And you're recording... Uh, yeah, I mean, so that would have been probably 1991-ish, uh, maybe, you know, 1990, um, and we went, we went through a, several guitar players, um, and then shortly after I turned 21 and moved to Uptown, started hanging out at the Uptown Bar, that's when I started running into Bob Stinson, um, right. And for listeners out there, this is the guy who started the replacements. An incredible. And guy. dog breath. And dog <laughs> breath too, yeah. And, and yeah. Brother uh, Tommy and stuff, and just really good musician and uh, interesting cat. And uh, I know you got to. We'll we'll get to this, but you got to play with him later, make a band with him. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at this time, the Magnolias. Now, did you guys ever get it? I know you uh, you made a record. Did you get into touring it around the U.S.? Um, the Magnolias? Yeah. Or, um, well, let's see. I think the, the Mag started in 85, 86. I didn't join the Magnolias until 93. Oh, so they already, yeah. After the Bleeding Heart. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, the mags were quite let, a bit. Yeah, but let's 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 uh, tie that all together. Uh, Bleeding Hearts, their arc. How far did you go? How far? <laughs> well, we went from we went from Fernando's, right, right, which was a success, <laughs> yeah, to uh, 
to uh, about, I don't know, a year and a half later, we finally ended up recruiting Bob. And Bob played with us for about a year and a half. Um, and we ended, we made the record with Bob. And then kind of at the tail end of, or just after we finished the record was when, when we kind of parted ways. Well, how was it making a record with Bob Stinson? Ah, uh, it was it it was great. Well, you know, we we did it in kind of half at first half in like uh, spring of '93, and then the second half in the summer. So the first half was great. Um, you know, the second half was a little sketchier, but um, you know, we got it done. You know, and I, I think it turned out pretty well. Um, what, what was the process? Did the band? Did you guys come up with the songs and then Bob just jumped in or was he part of the making of the songs? Um, by the time Bob joined the band, um, I'd say, I don't know, we already had like a, a good solid set worth of original material. Um, so he kind of jumped in and, and you know, learned the, the songs we already had. And he kind of added, you know, he added his his touch to them for sure. Um and then, and then we definitely, you know, wrote more stuff after he joined. And uh, you know, I, I was, I would say I was like the the song writer, but he would, you know, always add a little, a little flair to it, and you know, his signature guitar approach. So. In the early '90s, Minneapolis, St. Paul. What was that like? What was Minneapolis and St. Paul like in the early '90s? You know, as far as music scene, I mean, not everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was great. Um, you know, you know, Bob ended up moving into my apartment right shortly after joining the band, and uh, I had an apartment on Lake Street that was pretty much across the street from Lake Calhoun. Um, so, yeah, it was it was we had a lot of laughs, a lot of good times down there. Um, and oh, the mate, you know, but but to like as regards to the making of the record, when he, we used to rehearse like two or three times a week, and, and it was we really dialed in those songs, um, you know. So we were we were pretty tight going into the studio. Um, I mean, I think we I think we cut like eight songs in you know two days or something. Um, and then you that, came back for round two in the summer. Yeah, and I think we did like five more in the summer. And you yeah. met Bob just by being at that uptown bar. Yeah. Um, so he ends up living with you and joining your band. Yes. <laughs> no, I yeah. didn't, I know shit like that happens. I mean, believe, right, believe. right. Well, it's funny. Well, the whole the whole long story is that the guitar player that was playing with us at the time. Um, we had played a gig at the 400 bar and on the way home from his, from the gig, his, he had car problems and his car started on fire. So the next day he calls me and he says, I got to quit the band. My, my car started on fire and my amp and guitar <laughs> burned in the car fire. Oh shit. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I mean, you got to quit the band because of that. He's like, yeah. well, I don't have a guitar or an amp anymore. And so, so he quit. And, uh, and then I kind of thought, well, 
I always see Bob at the Uptown Bar. You know, who who would be better than Bob? You know, to to join this yeah, band. Absolutely, I always liked his playing. And what was the last yeah. thing he did? Shotgun Messiah or something? Uh, is, are you talking about uh, Shotgun Shotgun Rationale? That's it. That's it. For Sonny Shotgun Vincent. Rationale. Yeah, the last. Yeah, I think it was his last proj, right? Uh, no, that was actually before the Bleeding Hearts, actually. Oh, okay. Um, Watts' timeline's all fucked up. Get yeah. me straight, Mike. Get me straight. Well, so... All right, Bob, Mike, we're on time. We're at the end of the first hour. July 13th, 2022 edition of Wild Peters, our special guest, Mike Leonard. Hold tight for hour two. July 13th, 2022, it's the second hour of the Walk from Pedro show.
As for time gone by As far as things you've lost Notebooks sacrificed Some arcane knowledge That would settle everything That would some closure bring No one cares what you care
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Red Flags doing Alter Ego Maniac. Kind of know what that one's about. Ben Salter from Tasmania after that with Yearning. Rob Dobbinspeck. Brass Bones. Mini Beast. That's Pete Pascott out of Providence, Rhode Island. Used to drum from Mr. Berman. Now he's playing guitar. Reigns of Terror. Sounds of Saris after that. Sunray Venus. Port Sunshine out of Hamburg with Shizuka. Finally, the Magnolias with Trash Bin. Is Trash Bin a Bob song? Nope, that's a John Freeman song. Okay. What John, yeah. Freeman, John Freeman do in the band? Uh, well, John Freeman, uh, you know, is the... He's he's the prime you know chief Magnolia. He wrote he wrote all the tunes for the Magnolias. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he actually there. John actually filled in, replaced Bob. Uh, but but for that, the for the bleeding hearts. For the bleeding hearts, right? But bleeding hearts has you and you melt on over to the Magnolias or something? Yeah, right. But in between the Magnolias, Hefe helps you out with your. Bleeding hearts, because Bob. What what happened with Bob? Well, ab, you know, after him kind of uh, um, crashing on my couch for a year, and and um, things kind of got a little. There was a little, you know, tension. <laughs> a little, we a little bit. We we ended a up, little bit. We ended up kind of coming to blows a few times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some chingasos. <laughs> <laughs> and but, but, but how did that develop? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I was I was like a 21, 22 year old rock brat, I guess, and and he was he was ten years older than me, and and uh, Vectorano. <laughs> the punk meets the Godfather. <laughs> I'm the punk with the yeah. snow cone, right, Pete Towns. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there was a little bit of a Grand Canyon between you. But music brought you together and then br music split you apart. Or maybe personal yeah, or personality you, uh difference. You can say I mean it was it, it was a little bit of you know, there was always a little bit of like trying to keep keep Bob in line, you know, get Bob to the shows and rehearsals and yeah. he had his own, you know, he had his own, you know, issues you know he had some you know nobody's drug, perfect nobody's drug perfect. problems and stuff yeah. but um so yeah i mean it, it it kind of eventually um we 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 parted ways um amicably in the end um do you remember but, the last you know, gig that, that kind of threw things off for mike to like mike do you remember the, the last gig yes I, I do. It was we play, It was in the Seventh Street entry, and ah, I know uh, that, Pat. I think Bob absconded with our twenty-five dollars. <laughs> 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 that might have been the straw that broke the camel's right. back. That that twenty-five bucks. Well, musically, was it a good gig? Yeah, it, yeah. it, it was. Because um, it's I always good. It's have, always happening to go out strong, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, we had just finished the record, so I mean, the songs had been, you know, were, were more yeah, realized, I think. And uh, so, what happened was, 
and you and I guess you were friends with the Magnolias, and their 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 guy comes to help you out because you keep because the record's just coming out, right? Right. Well, it was it was it was going to be coming out. It, you know, it it ultimately came out um, this past April on Record Store Day. Jesus. <laughs> so, so little little, little bit, bit of delay. A little bit. A little bit of a gap there. <laughs> little bit. <laughs> well, but, you know, yeah, like we Mr. Like, Wells said, you know, we will sell no wine before it's time. <laughs> I said that. I said that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Read your mind, Mike. Here, I want to play some magnolias, okay? Some more. <laughs> this is back on the road. Yeah. 
for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with the Magnolias doing Back on the Road. Then Lady Neptune with O, Biff Moana, Al Margolis, Chester, New York, DJ Joe MC. Then head cut after that with Inset Secret, Ray Shin with Pendulum. Finally, the Magnolias again, even without you. So, Magnolias. Their boss comes to help out Bleeding Hearts, but then what? You put a plug in the jug for Bleeding Hearts and you join the Magnolias? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I, I, I joined in 93, and then um, the funny thing was is that I was in the Magnolias, and John Freeman was in the Bleeding Hearts. Um, and... <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. He was going out of town and we ended up playing a show without him. And he found out about it as he was leaving town. And he, he didn't, he got pissed off about that. And, and you're, talking about, there was a, you're talking about a bleeding yeah. hearts gig without and, him, without him. And then he kicked me out of the Magnolia. So I was actually, we were, we split for a while and, and, and then kind of, I rejoined. Okay. okay. Uh, well, tell me how you joined Magnolias in the first place. Oh, that, that was funny. I was, um, the, the Bleeding Hearts were with the Magnolias. We just played a show with them in Chicago. And uh, their guitar player quit. Uh, kind of, the next morning we woke up, at, you know, we'd been at this warehouse party and he was gone. And uh, we had, they had a show like two nights later in Kansas City. So I was, uh suddenly in the magnolia so I, I learned i learned all their songs and like in the van on the way to kansas city but you're taking the spot instead of being the guitar singer man now you're like the lead guitar guy right right so you've played both roles you've been bob stinson you've been john freeman <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> ain't that a trip how life deals your hands like that but it's bitching that you were fucking you know able to meet the challenge yeah yeah um yeah it was a good time um god the first first uh first night in chicago i, I guess after i quote unquote joined joined the band um yeah i ended up i ended up getting sick in the hotel room <laughs> we were up till like four o'clock in the morning it was like Hey, there's liquor stores open here. <laughs> I had a little bit too much fun. Okay. Okay. But I was thought you was going to say the gigs were scary. Were they scared? Was it pants shooter? What, what was that? I mean, being scared, you know, going up there with songs you never played with cats before. Oh, right. No, I mean, actually, that part was, wasn't so bad. Uh, it was, but I do remember it was like, we're, in the van with the guitar and they're like okay play that one again and then playing along with it and uh yeah we pulled it off um and, and they actually i had i had actually played with them a few times when they were auditioning drummers i i, I played bass for them so they could i don't know john and i were pretty good pals at that point already and so oh um, you're you you know bass too oh yeah when'd you first get think. on bass mike I'm a little, I'm a little prejudiced towards that instrument. What, what was, what was the, what was the question before that? 
How'd you get on fucking bass? When? Oh, well, you know, you got to have a bass, you know, so you can record, you know, your demoing song. Oh, or, man know. alone. Yeah, right. Put together all the parts. Yeah. In fact, that was always, I always, you know, even in high school, um, I remember like, you know, kind of, I always liked playing bass, you know. What kind of bass you with, got? Coming up with cool bass lines for song. I can always make or break a song, you know, so. Yeah, well, I'm a firm believer in that. But what kind yeah, of bass? I, what kind of bass you got? Uh, well, now I have a Fender Precision. Okay. Um, it's funny actually. It started out as a Squire P bass, and then I, I I refinished it, put all new hardware on it, new pickups. So it's, so it's pretty cool bass now. Yeah, I played a lot of good Squires. Yeah. I mean, the old days I, they were more crude, but nowadays they're they're, they're pretty happening. Pretty happening, and. Uh, so you only play it for like demos and then helping these guys out with some practice? Right. Well, I mean, just them. I just did a couple auditions for for them to audition drummers. Yeah, but, that's what I meant. So yeah, I mean, I, I help I, be I part was, of the rhythm section. Yeah. So I mean, I was I was I had some familiarity with the songs, but yeah, I had to really kind of crunch the numbers on the way to Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the second hour, July 13, twenty twenty two, and this what Pete Rush's special guest, Mike Leonard. Hold tight for our three. July 13, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
for Pedro show start off the third hour bleeding hearts doing happy yet is that a question <laughs> crane with dreaming of utopia the black dots with a slaughter mix of pain torture killing murder oh jeez hogwind Einsteins and the noy beetles tune three live in San Francisco June 2022 David Gerard how many days and then finally, the Bleeding Hearts with Something Never Comes. So Bleeding Hearts, that's what's coming out, right? It just came out on Record Store Day. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, is there a Bleeding Hearts now? Yes, there is. Um, we we kind of started getting back together, I don't know, about a year ago. Um, and, and it's... Rob Rebello, the, the bass player on the record, Pat McKenna, the drummer on the record, and then and then John Freeman um, on rhythm guitar. So, and, and and from that the early '90s version, it, is the rhythm section different? Uh, no, it's the it's the same as the record. Yeah. Um, which, which, Pat was Pat was the I should Pat remind the listeners the record people, even though it just came out, it's from. Like twenty five years ago, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, so so more than that, twenty nine years ago. Right? Almost almost thirty years ago. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's bitching that them dudes still want to play. Yeah. Now whose idea yeah, was that, Mike? Well, um, Sunshine. It was we back when Bob was in the band. Um, there was a there was a spin article about Bob, and that's how we kind of ended up signing with Fiasco Records. Um, who incidentally, I, you you know Sunshine, I I believe. Um, she's uh, I think she said she sold T-shirts for you last time you were in Lawrence, like in March. Lawrence in March. I think. No, I was in Kansas City. Kansas City? Yeah, okay. I didn't play uh, in Kansas, right? I played in Missouri. Uh, people out there, 
There are two Kansas cities, but the big one's actually in Missouri. <laughs> and, right. And the university, the school, Jayhawks, KU, that's Lawrence. And then they're all kind of close to each other. But this last tour I just did in, in March was uh, Kansas City, a place called uh, Record Bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. But, but I love uh, playing Lawrence, too. And I even played Kansas City, Kansas once, opening for Primus. It was many years ago. So, okay, Sunshine, um, you're saying yeah, she's got a label. She had the label, and, you know, the record obviously never came out. But, um, but you know, over the last few years, um, she wanted to get it out, obviously. And um, so she was the one that kind of um, shopped it over to the guys at Bar None and kind of um, oversaw the, the release um, you know, on Bar None on Record Store Day. So, um, you guys decided to do gigs around it? Uh, we, we did, we did play a gig on Record Store Day. Um, and, and, you know, I think that was June 18 or something. Uh, it was April 20. Oh, that's right. There was two Record Store Days that actually. April 23rd or yeah. 22nd. Yeah. There was one 23rd. in April and there was one in June. Okay. Yeah, I think isn't there one around Black Friday or? Yeah, usually the day. Usually they're in uh, third week of April in the Friday after Thanksgiving, but because okay. of the situation with the COVID nineteen, everything got switched up stuff. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of supply chain issues with records. Right. Right. With everything, you know. Yeah. 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 Also killed a million people. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minor uh, inconvenient truth, you know. I want to play here some more Bleeding Hearts, Imagination.
Have you been a cart horse? Have you been a good dog? Have you been a boy? Have you been crimson and then been lonely? Have you been a bed frame? Have you been a drain pipe? Have you been a stone? Have you been a hotel? Have you been a stain? Have you been unwell? Remember you were white hot And then just sinking Were you ever cool? Have you been a curtain? Have you hidden the pain? Crouched against the wall Have you been hopeless and then been starless? Have you been on air? Have you been a table? Have you been marble? Have you been a crack? Being awake, what I mean, awake when sleep is far from home. Have you been gazing at a Sunday sky for too long?
Watch for Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. Chunks start off with Bleeding Hearts doing Imagination. Then Sarah Davachi with Russia's Recede. Sam Cutton with Have You Been? Have You Been? Mold Omen, live out of Baltimore. Ellington Can, incredible band. Then finally, Bleeding Hearts with Poker Face. What's Poker Face about, Mike? Uh, actually, um, it kind of ties into, well, uh, uh, my sister. My sister was dating Pat, the drummer, and uh, that's how I that's how I met met him. And around that time, he kind of got her into gambling. I mean, he took her out to Mystic Lake, and then she kind of subsequently had a, a, ga- a little bit of a gambling problem. So <laughs> that's what that's what inspired that song. So she had the poker face, not him. Yeah, right. Or oh, she sure was she losing, she didn't enough. have enough poker face, I guess. <laughs> giving it away, giving it away, giving it away. Okay, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Um... Uh, they can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, all the merch all the handles on me. Um, yeah, all the corporate ones. But you, is there a, a, a Bleeding Hearts website that belongs to just you? The corp. We not at this moment. No. Okay. Okay. It's like having your own fanzine, right? Otherwise, it's like stapling up flyers on fucking AT and T telephone poles. Which is okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with true. that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just curious. And what kind of plays yeah. do you got, Mike, musically? Uh, well, the you know the the Bleeding Hearts and the Magnolias are are still rolling. So I mean, uh, Magnolias you know, are I'd still like rolling, to... but you're not the shot caller, yeah. right? John John Freeman's the shot caller, right? He, right. Uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. You know. Do more recording and and well, uh, has he has he get back on the road? Has he enlightened you to any plans for Magnolias? Um. Well, I mean the 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 goal for the Magnolias is is to try to get back over to Spain and and tour over there again. Um, the Mags were over there in '08 and '09, um, so. I mean that's kind of the on the horizon, hopefully, um, to to do some more touring. Um, and as for bleeding hearts, do you want to tour that stuff? I, I yeah, I would. I mean, I don't know if we'd go uh, go on a whole tour, but you know, maybe do we can go all know, the way we'll to see, Spain. Go all the way to Spain, uh, like the Magnolias. You know, or, <laughs> no, I'm just uh, I'm just curious. I love it over there. You told me you did one bleeding hearts gig for this record, but do you got more planned? Right now, we, we're just kind of playing. We we don't have any immediate tour plans. No. Okay. Um, it's still kind of weird with COVID. I mean, you see, keep seeing all these tours getting of canceled. Of course, of course. I just got a flipper tour uh, over in Europe. Scissored. I was going to help out Brother Ted and Steve, but it got scissored. I understand. I understand. Uh, yeah. What about writing new music for Bleeding Hearts? Yeah, you know that. Um, I, there's that, you know, and there's there's also some some tunes, you know, in the archives that we could record too. So I, you know, kind of a combination of new material and and old material. Um, 
you know, easily cobble together another record, I think. so. And then uh, you got your Magnolia boss in the band, too. So there's kind of cross-pollination of the two groups? Uh, yeah, actually, actually, Pat McKenna, the drummer, is also... Oh, <laughs> wow. In, so it is co-mingled. It is co-mingled, Mike. So it's really, it's really the only separation is the different bass players. <laughs> yeah, and different <laughs> songwriters, right? Because right, John Freeman right. versus you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's great because everybody gets to fucking take turns and help each other out. That's bitching. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Because that, that's one of the things music's for is bringing us together. It's been a real honor to have you aboard, Mike. When you get some other stuff recorded and stuff, come back on. Bring John. Bring the rest of the band, whatever, or, or man alone. I love talking with you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Mike. Okay, brother. People, it's been July 13, 2022 edition of Pedro's King. You've had her drive.